0: In New Brunswick, December 1st, 1922, was the day the world flipped. What once was left now became right, because on December 1st, New Brunswick, along with the other maritime provinces of Canada, finally decided it was time to drive on the right side of the road. I'm Scott Beyer, and this is the Love Better Podcast, where we explore the truths and the lies about love, and more importantly, how to turn love into a skill, something we can get better at and hone along the way. Until the 1920s, for some odd reason, New Brunswick drove like the British on the left side of the road. Holding in solidarity with their English and Australian cousins, this small province on the far east of Canadian territory had refused to act like the Americans, or like their fellow Canadians for that matter. But today, today was the day. A robust public service campaign was implemented. The New Brunswick Power Company prepared by retrofitting their 30 streetcars to have exit doors moved to the other side of the vehicle. And even local stores got into the drive-right campaign business. We're cutting our prices right down to the right size so you will remember to shop right and drive right. The benefits of making the switch were huge. Apparently, tourism was being hurt because... People driving from other provinces or up from Maine were hesitant to visit New Brunswick due to their left-handed ways. This was the moment they would join the masses of the Americas, and all would be right in their world. The tourists were coming. But not everyone was happy about this shift. What if people forgot? What if drivers collided? After all these newfangled automobiles were now driving at the unheard of speeds of 30 miles an hour such reckless abandon was just it was just inviting trouble my favorite critic of the whole drive right movement was the daily gleaner a local paper that simply said of the december changeover eat drink and be merry for tomorrow you may be hit by an auto And there was reason to be concerned. Because change is hard. Especially if you're a horse. Horses are routine animals, and their training is, and excuse the pun, a major driver of their behavior. A well-trained horse basically drives itself, and left-road horses are not likely to become right-road horses overnight. With all this change... Would everything turn out all right, or would they be left with chaos and pain? The answer? It eh, was mostly okay. Change wasn't nearly as bad as everyone feared. Unless, of course, you were an ox. Remember the oxen of New Brunswick? We will talk about them later. But for now, take comfort. Because on December 1st, 1922... New Brunswick changed over to the right side of the road, and everyone drove slower for a while. Horses, they did take a while to retrain. Humans, too. But in general, change just wasn't as terrible as everyone feared. It turns out that everything really was all right in the end. People are adaptable, and with a little patience, we can flip our whole world upside down and still turn out okay. In Acts 17 the Apostle Paul made a similar call to change. He told the Athenians that God had some expectations of them and that it was time to get on the right side of history. Jesus is here. Idols are fake, and God has expectations. His exact words in Acts 17 are, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. The Bible calls us to radical repentance. Yes, you have been driving on the left for a long time. But ignorance can only be entertained for so long. Repent and drive right. God expects change and you will be judged based upon your effort to change. Repentance is hard, but it is also necessary because judgment is coming. Jesus' tomb is empty, and it's time to repent and join the team of the king. And as Paul said in Athens, all people everywhere should repent. Words like all and everywhere leave little room for excuses and leftover bad habits. When we have sins and flaws we struggle with, or even just routines that we've kept for a very long time that aren't conducive to spiritual growth, it's hard to imagine changing. If you are in the habit of watching television without discernment, it's daunting to think about turning it off or changing the channel. Or if you have spent years never going to church services, it can feel overwhelming thinking about walking into a building every Sunday from now on. When one has spent their life only doing easy things, hard things seem unattainable. How could I ever change? I've always let my anger control me, or my selfish ambition guide me, or my fears subdue me. I haven't darkened the door of a church building for years. The only time I've ever used God's name is as a cuss word. Can I ever get right when my whole life has been left? The answer is yes it can be okay. Just like in New Brunswick, repentance is most daunting before you start to do anything. It is the build-up to the unknown that typically stops us. When we talk about change, we can imagine all of the downsides, the inconveniences, the disastrous possibilities. But when we actually start doing it, the reality is rarely as harsh. Most of us can be trained. Training takes time, but with a sincere desire to repent, you'll get there. And training, that's the right way to think about repentance. David wrote many of the Psalms, and David was also a soldier. Soldiers train for battle, and when David talks about how God improved his life, David often compared it to that type of training. Consider Psalm 18. In verse 31 through 35, David writes, for who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness Made me great. Do you notice how David describes the training he receives from God? God trains him for war, to do incredible things like bending a bow made out of bronze instead of wood. It's quite an image of strength and aptitude. But he also describes God as providing the tools for successful training, like giving him the shield of salvation and equipping him with strength. Or even more compassionately, He says God trains David while supporting him with a gentle hand. Repentance may feel like boot camp sometimes, but God is a gentle instructor wanting you to succeed and to grow. Repentance is training for righteousness. I'm learning new skills so I can do the right thing and not be left behind. And in that journey, the sincerity of your good faith effort counts for a lot. Paul's letter to Timothy addresses this when it says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline." Timothy was a sincere man with a sincere faith. He loved the Lord, and he wanted to do the right thing. But Timothy was timid sometimes, and Paul gave him a good prodding to get back on the road. Life's too short to sit on the sidelines and watch the traffic go by. Rekindle your faith through repentance. Don't be timid, because God has given us a spirit of power and love and discipline turns out you can change. Because when you set your mind on the power of God, discipline yourself to accept change and learn to love better things, eventually we can retrain ourselves to drive right instead of left. There is, however, one exception to that rule. Change was perfectly safe and sane for almost everyone in the province of New Brunswick. But in Lunenburg County, they still used oxen to pull their carts. Oxen? They don't believe in change. Oxen are a tad bit curmudgeonly. The oxen refused to accept this drive-right philosophy. The left had always been good enough for their oxen forefathers, and they saw no reason to budge. The result? Uh, Let's just say the oxen never saw it coming. So for Lunenburg County, December first, 1922, and the drive-right campaign was a disaster, because they tried to ignore it. To this day, in Lunenburg, 1923 is referred to as the year of free beef. The world changed, and the oxen? Well, they were delicious. They say old habits die hard, but apparently in New Brunswick, old habits die pretty easy too. We don't like to talk about it. But if we don't embrace change, we end up run over. Jesus is coming. Ignoring his return isn't a viable option. Yes, there is a cost to change. But we should always remember, there is also a cost to not changing. We cannot ignore the facts. And when the facts happen to be 30 mile an hour automobiles, those facts can pack quite the wallop. Get right or get run over. And the oxen got run over. So what's the moral of the story? The moral's this. The only real failure in life is when we fail to face change head on. Repentance is part of loving God and loving others. If we want to love better, we better be willing to change for the better. You're bound to make mistakes in that process. But beginning the process is oftentimes the hardest part don't let your fears of failure make you into a failure. Repentance is difficult, but it isn't nearly as difficult as not repenting at all. So, give yourself a good once-over today and start your own personal Drive Right campaign. Learn to love better. Learn to love repentance. If you've listened this far, hopefully we've done something to help make your life a little bit better. Would you mind returning the favor and helping us by subscribing to the podcast through your favorite platform? By sharing with others or leaving a review on Apple Podcast, you help us reach more people. Also, if you want more information about the work I'm doing at Eastland, visit us at eastlandchristians.org or my personal Bible site, biblegrad.com, where you can sign up for daily Bible devotionals called Bible Bites and receive them in your email each morning. Take online Bible classes or find videos that will help you study through the Bible throughout the year. And until next time, remember, you are loved. So go love better.